0: Stephen Whitmer is a Ph.D. at University of Cambridge, a pastor at Pepperell. I hope I'm saying that right, Pepperell, a Christian Fellowship in Pepperell, Massachusetts, and he teaches New Testament at Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary. He's written some things we're going to explain as we go along. We've waited a while to have him on the program because he's a great advocate for rural America, and uh, we're glad that you can make time with us here, Stephen.
1: Oh, it's great to be on Joe thanks for having me.
0: you know I went to Asbury Seminary and did you teach along with Tim Tennant the,
1: uh, the uh, I was Boston? a student when Tim Ten yeah when Tim Tennant was there at Gordon Conwell teaching missions
0: yeah years ago now he runs that Asbury bus and speaking yeah. of I think you may come from or you may come from the Calvin line you come from the calvin line or
1: I, you know, theologically I am, yeah, I'm, re, I'm Reformed theologically okay.
0: Well, today is the anniversary of the greatest case of heartburn in human history With uh, John Wesley's Aldersgate experience So hmm. we can just start off with that uh, <laughs> uh, Am I saying Pepperell right?
1: Yeah, Pepperell Pepperell Yep, Pepperell, and Massachusetts
0: About 11,500 people
1: yeah, that's right. We are—we're uh, very much a, a, a small town. I mean, I, the way you define small town really—it's um, uh, it, interesting. You know, some, it's not always just population. Um, often has to do with how close or far you are from an urban or metro area, and and also uh, just the kind of feel of the place. So where I live, um, right in town. Uh, A couple hundred yards one way is a horse farm uh, with stone fences and the other direction is a pond and and nature area so it's very much kind of a a rural feel around where we are.
0: Yeah so how I first came on to you was you wrote a piece for the Gospel Coalition, Ministry in Small Towns Worth a Lifetime of Investment and you've become quite an advocate. I know you're doing it from a ministerial vein but uh, by and large, a rural advocate. Uh, have you always thought this way, or were there an event or a series of events that brought you to a place where you really began to value rural and small-town communities?
1: Yeah, there's kind of an arc of my life in some ways. It's it's interesting. Um, I, I grew up in a much smaller place than the one I live in now. So um, I grew up the first 18 years of my life before going off to college in a tiny little town called Monson, Maine, in the north north-north-central Maine, right on the Appalachian Trail, so 100 miles before the, the northern end of the trail at Mount Katahdin is uh, Monson, Maine, population 700, and um, I grew up, you know, an hour and a half away from the nearest mall and from the nearest uh, cinema and we would uh, t- to go to the city of Bangor would be a big day trip for us. So I, I grew up in a very small place, and um, I loved it on the one hand, and somehow at the very same time, I, I, I think I imbibe from the larger culture this kind of um, despising of small places, this sort of, uh, you know, the narrative that if, if you want to make something of your life, you, you have to go far from home and you have to live in a big, exciting place. And I I lived that sort of narrative for the next um, probably 20 years of my life or so, and lived in some suburbs and some big cities, and moved overseas to do some studying. And then 10 years ago, my wife and I moved to Pepperal, Massachusetts. And um, you know, it's been really interesting this last decade uh, as we have lived in this community and really fallen in love with this place, the people of the place, and also the natural beauty of the place. Um, I have I've really begun to reevaluate uh, some of the the last twenty years of prizing uh, the cities over the country. Not that I I like cities less. Um, I I still love to visit world cities, and uh, our family loves to travel when we can. But it, it's really been living again as a as an adult uh, in a small town that's changed my mind.
0: Yeah, Stephen Whitmer joining us here. You can find him on Twitter at Stephen Whitmer One the number one uh so you start this initiative i want to call initiative you can describe it further but smalltownsummits.com what are you trying to achieve there steve
1: we are um uh yeah fairly new group uh probably in the last uh, year or so it's really taken off and uh we've been born out of a group called the gospel coalition new england so it's the regional chapter of the national gospel coalition and uh uh, what, what we started realizing uh, about a year and a half or two years ago is that most of what we had been doing with the Gospel Coalition New England were, were uh, events, large events uh, with well-known speakers in Boston. And I love big conferences with well-known speakers. I, I have plans to go to some in the next year. I, I benefit tremendously from them. But we we're also realizing that uh, so much of where we are, New England, is rural and small town. And if we we're going to reach uh New England, you know like Vermont and Maine are the two most rural uh states in the United States and New Hampshire's not too far behind. So if we we're going to reach um, northern New England especially, but all of New England, we had to get beyond the city and into smaller places and and you know many of those small towns where where there are pastors, uh those pastors are bivocational and it's sometimes quite hard to pull away from the, the church and uh, be able to get away to a big conference in a big city. So we wanted them to be very contextual, and because of that, we've we've launched this series of summits where we, we welcome uh, small-town pastors and lay leaders to uh, a local area, hopefully, and we have small gatherings in small churches in small towns that are designed to help them think through what they're doing and how to meet the needs of the places where they pastor and where they live
0: so texas doesn't rank in the uh the top
1: rural states i don't know where texas is um i, I know you mean uh, you know, vermont, to vermont maine and new population. hampshire are way up there but i wouldn't be surprised if you guys are too okay <laughs>
0: I, I could see some people with raised eyebrows, especially within, <laughs> within range of these airwaves, and certainly on the podcast. I just want to give you the opportunity to correct that there,
1: <laughs> uh, So It's far be it from me to denigrate Texas in any way.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't go over well, usually. No,
1: no, no. It's one of the, leading, than that.
0: One of the leading nations in the world, <laughs> so, uh Let me tell you a quick story about how I came to where I am. I because I want to transition over to Wendell Berry. I went to Asbury Seminary, and it was at Asbury Seminary that's that some things began to turn over in my heart and mind. And I got involved with a guy who'd run a grocery store in Wilmore, Kentucky. At uh he'd been his family'd been running it for fifty-five years. And he was considered He's one of the most genuine Christians I've ever been around, if not the most. And he was doing five funerals a month for people who live down by the Kentucky River in Kentucky, and I, I began to watch him, but I saw the disconnect between where we were doing our shopping, and my family included, where we were shopping, and how we felt about this man. His name's Leonard Fitch. He'd run 24 consecutive city council campaigns won them all never put out a sign that's how revered he was in the community and i saw it disconnect and so i wanted to write on it Stephen. and i thought you know here here's a great story about a venerated man but people are going to super kroger and super walmart well turns out i went to interview him and i met with him back by the meat locker in the back of the store sweet sweet little old man and he told he told i asked him what's your store running for profit he says well we haven't we haven't had a profit since 1996 and this was 2008 or Mm 9 and it's because he had put his his wife was an heiress and they had put all their inheritance 600 grand into that store over that duration of time during the rise of the big box stores and that really struck me and I had a I wrote Wendell Berry who's a noted author how can I describe him better, Stephen, for the audience? He,
1: he's he's a, an a agorist. Yes, he's he's a farmer, poet, philosopher, novelist, public advocate, public intellectual. Amazing man.
0: A very, and very attuned to place, wherever one's place might be. And so I wrote him a letter, because he doesn't have a cell phone. I couldn't find his phone number. And so I wrote him a handwritten letter. And I, I asked if I could interview him for this piece at that time that I was going to write about leonard fitch and he calls me back Stephen, and we talked for a long time and he begins to talk about the neighbor the neighbor this neighbor that and i stopped him because i didn't know what he meant i wanted the antecedent of neighbor like whoa, whoa. mr barry can i please stop you and ask you who is the neighbor and he chuckled and he said do y'all still have uh, still have bibles at that seminary and i said we too and he said why don't you go to the gospel of luke and there's a story about a man who fell by the roadside and the son of man asked a question who is the neighbor and i said the neighbor's the one who helps and he says exactly and that's whenever i stopped from writing and i began to help uh, fitch with his store and a bunch of people got involved and we call it fitch's neighbors Turned that store around but in that time stephen Rural economics just ignited, like speaking of Aldersgate Day, like that really took off in my mind. And I've read your stuff. I'm sorry to take up a lot of your interview telling that story, but I read your stuff. And he wrote a book called Jaber Crow. And I, I think it's two parts on Jaber Crow about an outsider who comes into this fictional community, Port William. And he's a bachelor, he's from the outside, but he's a barber. And he lives in that town for 50 years, and he becomes, in many ways, kind of the town's minister. And I wonder if what you're proposing through small-town summits and other things that you're writing, Jaber crows in the pulpit in mm-hmm. rural communities. Is that, mm-hmm. is that a mischaracterization?
1: Well, l- let me say I am so jealous of you that you had a phone conversation with Wendell Berry. That's amazing, and I love that story. That's an incredible story about... Uh, Partnering with that, that friend at the store um, Yeah, you know, Wendell Berry's had a, a big impact on me I was introduced to him in seminary by a friend as well A friend, friend from North Carolina And I started reading his stuff And I I've, I've read all the Port William novels And I have read some of his essays and some of his poems And been really um, helped by him Part of why, you know, you ask about my pilgrimage Toward loving and caring about rural areas and small towns And part of that is Wendell Berry um, he, he ha- he, he's helped me to see, I think, the dignity of small places, unknown places, and um, some, some people probably have, have thought he's, he's, uh, he paints too rosy of a picture. I would just totally disagree with that if you really read the novels. He, he describes the brokenness of people wherever they live, in cities or in, in, in the countryside, and the complexity of relationship and difficulties of uh, farming, and uh, the transition to mechanized agriculture, so anyway, back to your question with with Jaber Crow. I, I think personally, like one of the um, one of the things I find not as compelling about Wendell Berry is it, it seems like um, at least from my my perspective, uh, he has somewhat of a kind of allergic reaction to institutions. Uh, specifically to the church, and so you know, Jaber Crow has a lot of bad experiences with organized religion in in the novel Jaber Crow, and and he's quite suspicious of the church. And so, uh, at least in my recollection, reading Wendell Berry's novels, there isn't sort of a um, there are not a lot of sympathetic uh, pastors or um, or strong churches that occupy an important part in the place in the community mm-hmm. and i think part of that is probably just wendell Berry's experience of not knowing a pastor who has come and stayed and lived in the rural areas where he's been and really invested long term so I, I suppose part part of my vision for ministry in small places is um, is a reaction to that saying uh, we we do need to go there and we need to contextualize our ministry And we need to get to know what the problems are. What what are the unique problems of the country and small towns? And then we need to seek to to make those small places better places, uh, wherever it is we live.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that's a fair critique on Wendell, and I didn't uh, I didn't have you on the program, so we talk about Wendell very the whole time. But he does establish place for a lot of people, and the importance of place, and of course, in in ministry and in life we have to deal with and this is something i drum on on the program a lot it's not you just can't have liberty you got to have justice and that to say as americans that you've got to have uh, you well as christians you have to have a respect for your personal relationship with the lord but then you have to have the the horizontal the society in which you live the neighborhood to be the neighbor and those are really strong ethos in the new testament and
1: yeah it's very very strong in small places too isn't it i I was just looking at a pew research poll just a couple days ago and and uh it it it, from my what i took away from it it looked looked to me as though uh people in small towns report that they are more connected to their neighbors than people in suburbs and urban areas, and and I think that's probably true to what most of us would have thought anyway mm-hmm. or guessed. Yeah. That, that people who live in small towns often live there because they value neighborliness and connection. Yeah, for sure,
0: and, and you know that's one thing. I'll get off Wendell Berry here, but I, in another conversation, he was telling me, "Well, I'm not necessarily a churchman." And I said, "Well, why not?" He said, "Well, because there are just these big old churches, and I got to sit beside people who I don't know, and they don't know me, and we got to act like we know one another." And and that was his critique. People go to big church. I, I'm not criticizing anybody, but that was that was Wendell Berry's assessment. Was this guy stands on the stage and he doesn't know me, and then I sit by people I don't know, and then we all go home. And uh, I think that may substantiate some of what you just laid out about rural sentiments about where they live Mm -hmm. Um, so you've said or at least you've written and attributed to someone else in a rural community in an urban church I think you're quoting Tim Keller by preaching the minister earns the right to counsel by counseling in rural communities the minister earns the right to preach and be heard
1: yes yeah, that that goes very much to that that valuing of relationship and uh, authenticity and knowledge of people. Very often, um, I think this is what Tim Keller is getting at, and and Tim Keller, you know, is a, a well known pastor in Manhattan. Uh, so he really understands the urban context, and and before that, he pastored for nine years, I think it was, in a small rural community. So he understands that context very well too. Um, in urban areas where there are lots of professionals, um, very often people want to, uh, they, they don't trust the, the preacher or the pastor until they see that he is very good at what he does. Um, he's, he's a good preacher, and when, when he's established credibility that way, then they will, that will, will trust him for counseling. Very often in small places it's just the opposite, that you gain credibility in the pulpit, by loving people, by being in their homes, by serving alongside them on work days or maybe going out to, uh, to their job site with them. And when they see that you're a real person, that you care for them, uh, that you have a stake in the relationship, then they'll trust you to preach the Bible. Uh, so it's it's really a building relationship. Now, you know, that's, there's there's probably a lot of nuance to that and it depends person to person but i i have ministered in cities and i've ministered in small towns and i think there's quite a bit of truth to that characterization and, and,
0: you know having grown up in a small town of 2900 there's another side too i mean rural communities can be very very difficult for ministers as well and i think for the for the guy who wants to stay of course i'm methodist so out of this circuit rider experience it's like two years in and out on the cycle but in other independent churches it could be very very different but small communities a lot of times let's not speaking of rosy let's not make it all rosy it can be difficult on ministers too
1: it can be terribly difficult and in fact i think you know one of the great impacts of the last couple of years uh... since the election of donald trump has been the country waking up and asking the question um, who are these folks who voted for donald trump and there's been a lot of work done um, sociologically and and polls and feature pieces um, to try to understand more um, the needs and the desires and the fears of much of america and robert watno at princeton university has done some some excellent work and written some books um, he wrote a book called the left behind uh which is basically in many ways asking the question uh, who are who are the folks in america who voted for trump and what are their needs and and concerns and, you know, there have been major news outlets like the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, who have been highlighting um, that the fact that many of the indicators of poverty and drug addiction and other uh, problems that are associated uh, very often with urban contexts are at least as bad in rural contexts. So the Wall Street Journal a year or two ago, uh, ago called Rural America the New Inner City. Uh, the opioid crisis is huge in rural areas, and poverty indicators are high, and lots of other social indicators are are um, you know it it just uh, our our kind of uh, idealized idyllic view of Mayberry is not <laughs> is not the reality in rural America.
0: Yeah, because there's upheaval, Stephen Whitmer joining us here on Other Side of Texas. This audio, of course, will be up on our Apple podcast, Other Side of Texas. is we segue into politics, I think that a minister informs a lot of thinking. and I don't think the minister necessarily has to bring the state house into the church house and vice versa, but still informs contextual thinking on policy. And yesterday on this program we had James Decker, the mayor of Stanford, Texas, who's been my friend for some time. He actually is who I owe a debt of gratitude for passing along your piece. I mentioned earlier in the Gospel Coalition, Ministry in Small Towns, Worth a Lifetime of Investment. I want to play for you a clip about a minute with uh, James Decker yesterday. and He laid out what he thought were his top three priorities. He just assumed that office in Stanford I think about a week and a half ago a convention of you know, some 300 other young mayors in rural Texas your age what would be three points that you'd hit on?
1: You know, the the um, first thing is to think about what makes your town great and why you love the town and how how you can use that for the future uh, number two is think about how your community can serve the modern economy and not and modern society, you know you can't. This is something I've written about in the past. Is you know, nostalgia is great, but you can't recapture those certain places and and businesses and things that happened in the past. You know, what's the spirit of community, local business, that sort of thing that you can um, repurpose for a for a modern era. And and number three is, um, and this is something that's very important to me and, and passionate that I'm passionate about as someone who moved moved back to my hometown. Uh, you got to get your young people to return home.
0: So Stephen Whitmer there, people in small towns are are conservative by and large in that they like where they live and they like the, the history and how it's come to play and they want to maintain but the problem in this country is, and it's not a problem for everybody, but for a lot of rural people there is an economic upheaval and in rural communities it's a landslide and people are just trying to get their footing with what's happening in innovations and agriculture and technology and distribution and all these sorts of things what is a role of a minister or even a civic layperson in rural communities right now to help them find their way?
1: Yeah, a couple thoughts on that. I I have a uh, a friend I know uh, have met uh, fairly recently a pastor in West Virginia and um, as you know West Virginia is a place where there's a lot of poverty too, very, very rural and a lot of uh, financial, economic upheaval and he's gotten very involved um, in uh... in the small businesses of his region and in economic development he's actually uh, helped to lead groups of business owners and he, he himself has a financial background um, and and there's been uh, there's been a lot of it's been i think really encouraging um, as he's he at his church have um, participated in economic renewal and that he's built relationships with Small business owners. Uh, he told me in a phone conversation some time ago that uh, I think he said of the uh, 150 small businesses in his county, he could walk into any of them uh, and be greeted because he, he, he's invested in, in all those uh, small business uh, owners and, and built relationships with them. So, I mean, that's certainly one thing that pastors and churches can do. Um, they can get involved, and not everyone's going to have that same level of gifting and, and that same level of time. Um, so that that's one thing. I, the the other I think, which is so important, is that um, that pastors and churches can can just focus on and remind us all of the gospel. And that's that's why we're here as pastors and churches. And um, you know, as there are. Uh, tensions and changes and upheavals uh, throughout the country, but you know, as the rural areas are suffering, uh, part of the role of the Church of Jesus Christ is to to remind us of the central things and remind us um, of the world to come, and then make us more productive in the world to come by remind or make us more productive in the present world by by reminding us that our citizenship is in heaven. So. Um, I think we can work for the betterment of the communities we're in, uh, but ultimately, the, the central role of the church is to remind us that um, there, there's a gospel that that w- is good news for us, whether times are good or whether times are tough.
0: Stephen Whitmer is on the line. We're closing out with him here, calling from Pepperell, Massachusetts. Is that pretty good for West Texas? That's draw? really
1: good, man. Okay. That's I'm right. impressed.
0: Tell us uh, as we close out with you. You got a big book coming out. You're going to write on all this?
1: When yeah, you- I'm working on uh, a book with Intervarsity Press on on um, on gospel ministry in small towns or rural areas. So it's it's tentatively titled "A Big Gospel in Small Places," and I'm getting away for uh, a couple months this summer. So uh, hoping to get a lot of work done on it um, this summer. and And the goal is really to encourage uh, those who are are part of the church in small places and Pastors who are laboring in small places, and sometimes you know, pretty anonymous, pretty uh, unthanked. Um, it can it can be uh, not not very glorious because uh, you know, pastors in small places don't have big platforms and they're not well known. Uh, but w- the case I want to make is that there there is something unique expressed about God and about the gospel when we pour out our lives in in small towns of. 700 people or, or less or, you know, rural areas where uh, they're not the center of uh, economic, uh, you know, uh, the, the economic climate, they're, they're not uh, the center of culture, uh, but God really cares about those places.
0: Well, Stephen Whitmer, I'll tell you this, having grown up in such a place and in Hale County, Texas... Those people who came in and were incarnational in the way that you're encouraging them to do and equipping people to be, uh, of course, by the Father, through the Son, and the Spirit, right? But um, they stood as tall as a water tower in my memory. And uh, I really encourage, uh, I really appreciate the work that you do. And I hope as the book comes along, you'll come back on with us.
1: I'd love to. Thanks, Jay, for the opportunity to speak with you.
0: It's great. Thank you so much, Stephen Whitmer.